Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley. How you doing, Matt? I'm great, Marvin. How are you doing? Just trying to stay out of trouble. Sounds like you've got Brood X on the brain. Yeah, man. For the last several months, really, I'm uh, just just hoping that uh, get a good week, week and a half in um, of, of peak emergence and fishing before I get married and head across the country to Oregon for a couple of weeks. But we'll see what happens. Well, there you go, you know, and looking at the weather, I mean, we've kind of gotten our first good pop of hot summer weather here for the last few days, and it's going to cool off for the holiday weekend, but it's also been pretty dry. And so how's that impacting what you're seeing on the water? Yeah, um, things are are low, which is weird for this time of year, but, uh, you know, it's hard to complain. We're at sitting about 2,500 cubic feet on the new at Radford right now, which is sort of ideal summertime conditions and we had that for maybe a week um total uh last summer so to have it in may uh can't complain too much but you know we will need some rain at some point otherwise summer's going to be pretty dang low but uh um but yeah at the uh We've been catching some fish on top water. You know, it's been low and clear enough and warm enough that we can do that. Um, and uh, fish are sort of transitioning out of the, the sort of the spawn period into post-spawn. You know, I'd say at this point, definitely the majority of the fish are post-spawn. You've got still some guarding nests, but um, it's a post-spawn world out there, which uh, with low, clear water also can be sort of combined to, to make some, some weird funky fish, but we've been, we've been doing pretty good day, day to day. So putting some big fish in the net and having some good days. So, um, you know, again, things are good now. Um, we're going to need some rain soon, but again, uh, I'm fixing a leaf for a couple of weeks and it won't really be my problem until I get back. So we'll see what, <laughs> see what things are, uh, the end of the month. So, you know, if we're not, you know, it, it's kind of like we're seeing later season conditions. Are you expecting it to maybe be kind of a more technical smallmouth season as the summer grinds on, if the water is going to stay low and it's going to keep getting clear? I certainly could be. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the, uh, if, so if you live in Roanoke, you know, and you're a smallmouth angler in Roanoke, you've got the James river and you've got the new river, you know, sort of to your North and South. James River is a much smaller, shallower river. Um, so low, clear water, you know, exceptionally low, clear water is, uh, can, can be challenging. Um, it can be on the new too, but what you have to remember is the new is a much deeper, much bigger river on average, um, which equals just a little bit more challenging and a little bit more, um, sort of, you have to think a little bit more to, uh, to, to find the right conditions and, and, uh, happy fish on the new river, I think on average, um, with flies. So having, uh, having sort of seasonable summer conditions, you know, 2000 cubic feet and lower really sort of, I think puts another, another card in the, the hand of, of fly anglers. So I'm not too upset about it. It beats the heck out of having high water all summer. Um, and 
the nice thing about low water is even if you're not catching fish, uh, you, you can, you can see where they're at instead of fishing, uh, you know, six, 7,000 cubic feet and, and, uh, you know, just fishing tight to the bank and, and seeing what happens. So it, it'll be nice. Um, even if we do have a real low summer and even more than that, you know, what I didn't say about what we're seeing on the river is, you know, this is the first year in a long time that it hasn't been high and dirty right now. Um, a lot of the fry from this year's smallmouth spawn have already sort of begun to integrate into the population. You know, the fry balls have started to break up and, um, you know, things are looking good on that front. So if we had five or six more years like this in a row, I would, I would be pretty happy. Got it. And, you know, obviously with it warming up and the water dropping, the fish are starting to look up a little bit earlier than normal. You know, what's kind of your top water to subsurface bite looking like? Um, yeah, so so we're definitely catching some fish on top. I try not to lean too hard on it um, early. I mean, it really just depends on what you want to do. If your goal is to catch a fish on top water um, and you're good with taking a hit on numbers, to do that then you know absolutely rock and roll with it all day um but what i typically do is i start somebody with some top water presentation in the front of the boat um at the beginning of the day and somebody with sort of a tried and true streamer presentation in the back of the boat that way you know if you were to put the top water bug in the back of the boat and we have low clear water um, back of the boat usually takes a hit on numbers anyway in those situations. So I usually put the bug up front and we'll see, you know, kind of what reaction we're getting. If the guy in the back is just smoking them, then, you know, that tells you what's going on. If they're kind of pacing each other, then, then that's good. And you can kind of make a decision on, on what, uh, how you want to fish for the day. And, uh, but the one thing I will say, um, it's been interesting this year is, um, really have not seen a ton of blue damselflies yet. They'll probably see a handful a day. Um, but at this time, the last couple of years, I have some notes, you know, saying that we had quite a few, you know, even going back to like the first and second week of May. So I think we may be a little bit behind on that. And, uh, you know, and that just translates to, to, to uh, the topwater fishing too, you know, so we don't have the the numbers of damsels to really be a prominent food source at the moment. So, um, you know, throwing your your blue sort of damsel wings, you know, topwater bugs really, uh, you're not really imitating anything that's out there kicking around in large numbers right now. So, um, anything that eats a topwater bug is, uh, you know, just sort of it's, it's reactionary or it's eating it out of instinct, you know, knowing that it's a terrestrial insect that's fallen in the water. So it's a uh, fly choice is a little, you know, think about it a little less um, just because it doesn't really seem to be matching anything at the moment. Got it. And we've got a question from Ed and he was curious about your, um, your smallmouth leader setups for top water and subsurface. And, you know, he's kind of, he wants to geek out. He wants formulas and details. So let, let's have it. Okay. So uh, I, uh, at the moment, am not, I, I don't make my own leaders. I'm using, you know, 
scientific anglers, prepackaged, tapered waders. And, uh, but what I do, uh, for, for topwater bugs in particular, um, well, first off, if you're fishing a, uh, if you're fishing a streamer, you always, always, or you almost always want a fluorocarbon leader because it's going to, um, you know, I always hesitate to say that fluorocarbon sinks. It, it does, what it does is that it doesn't float. Um, there's no buoyant property in it that's going to hinder the sink rate of a neutrally buoyant, you know, fairly unweighted fly. So, um, I always use fluorocarbon leader, um, for streamers. If I'm using a floating line in particular, you know, a nine foot leader, um, usually down to 16 or 12 pounds. And, uh, and the top water, top water formula is a little bit different. You know, anytime you're fishing a bug that you want to float on the surface of the water, hundred percent of the time, um, I always go nylon or monofilament because it does fit in the surface film. And I, uh, I usually start with a nine foot, 16 pound nylon leader for scientific anglers and then uh, clip off about a foot and a half of it and add fluorocarbon tippet either in, you know, 10, 12 or 16 pounds. And what that does is it just allows the tippet to sit below the surface film so that you don't have sort of a dimple where the, the tippet is, is sitting on the water um, that sunlight can refract through and fish can can pick up on when they're staring at a topwater bug for five seconds in really low clear water um and 16 pounds sounds really heavy for for topwater fishing um i've been doing it more and more lately um because i i had some days where you know we were just out scouting messing around and um we had one guy fishing 16 and one guy fishing 12 or 10 and in low clear water and it didn't really make a difference in numbers and uh last couple of years i've had at least one fish you know in the 22 plus inch range that has been busted off and uh didn't make it to the boat and so it, i it just if i can go just a little bit heavier it's just gonna it's gonna make me feel better and hopefully put more of this really big fish in the boat that uh you know, just because it's a little more forgiving um, with uh, for for bad uh, <laughs> bad fish fighting skills. <laughs> so that's uh, that's what I do. Um, it, the sort of special situation is if you're fishing any um, sort of diving, swimming topwater fly, something similar to uh, buddy of mine Williams topwater Creolex fly, that you do want to. Um, Sort of dive under the water when you pull the line across the surface. Um, feel free to go 100% fluorocarbon on your leader there, because you know what happens when you fish a fluorocarbon leader with a topwater bug is uh, you know if you make a 50 or 60 or 70 foot cast, and then you try to go and pick up all that line from a distance, you know a lot of times that leader will sort of the, the water will grab that leader and it'll drag the bug under the water and it'll just totally mess your cast up. But if you, if 
if you want to be able to drag your line, drag your rod and, and make that fly dance, you know, a couple inches under the surface, a uh, fluorocarbon leader is exactly what you want. So, uh, that's what I do. Um, I do all, all blood knots uh, just because I feel a little more confident in them. And, uh, yeah, that's it's not, not super complicated, but if you want to geek out about it, that's what I do. Yeah. Well, there you go. And, you know, obviously, um, we have to ask you what you're writing for the rural Virginia and how's the, the word processor been treating you? Oh, it's been all right. Um, like I said, I've been on the road the last week or two and, um, I've got a couple week vacation coming up, so I'm going to start hitting it hard trying to front load stuff. But right now, um, we're writing about the uh, spring squirrel season that we've got in Virginia. It's the uh, first couple weeks in June every year for the last decade or so. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of a kind of a different season for people who can't get out um, during the fall. There's an opportunity when, you know, schools are out and you know kids have more time or you can get your kid out in the woods doing some you know fairly I'm not going to say easy but you know fairly light hunting that uh, you can kind of build a an outdoor career on so that's what's going on this week uh, and I, I've got to come up with a lot more ideas here in the next couple of weeks so I can get them all done and you've already written uh, your brood x article so you really do have to dig deep yeah, hopefully, hopefully though, I have a couple of really good stories about that coming up. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, listen, before I let you hop, you know, and I know you're, you know, we're really talking about booking late summer, early fall at this point because you're, you're really busy. Why don't you let folks know where they can find you so they can get on your guide calendar? Yeah, I think uh, that's a good point. Um, really, if anybody wants to go this summer, you know, get in touch with me now. I think. I booked seven or eight trips yesterday and I think I have like five summer days left. So, um, going fast, but, uh, still plenty of good fishing to be had into September and October. Um, so <laughs> don't, don't hesitate. Um, the, uh, website is, is mattreillyflyfishing.com and my phone number and email and, uh, all that's on there. So however you feel best reaching out look forward to hearing from you yeah well there you go and you know folks we got a long holiday weekend coming up you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few tight lines everybody tight lines matt thanks barbara